Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, EveryPlate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Today's episode is sponsored by Somavetic. Somavetic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF, and some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate Somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals to create a natural energy field to harmonize your home. It does this through the controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones. It creates a 360-degree field with a radius of 100 feet in all directions. The founder of Somavetic launched these devices in 2011 as a response to his own ongoing health struggles. After years of no success with Western medicine, he turned to traditional Chinese medicine and found a variety of healing properties with stones and minerals. After some time, he was able to heal his body and has helped others as well, and his experience inspired him to create Somavetic. If you're interested in mitigating EMFs and creating a harmonic field in your environment, these devices are a great solution, and they are beautiful. Each device is comprised of their own semi-precious stones with unique properties. Somavetic is a small company, and all products are handmade and hand-assembled in their Crystal Valley, in the Crystal Valley of the Czech Republic. If you want to try Somavetic, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee to let you try. Visit somavetic.com and use the code SELFIE for 10% off. That's S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C.com with the code SELFIE for 10% off. Hey, everyone. I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well today we're going to be chatting with author Janice Litvin. She's the author of a new book called The Banished Burnout Toolkit, and we are talking about stress response patterns. It was a really interesting conversation. Uh, It unpacked a lot for me. Um, And then BJ and I are going to be talking about relationships, specifically a question that was asked in the group, which I thought was very interesting. What about couples who can't sleep in the same bed together? So we are going to give some advice on that, but spoiler alert... You don't have to sleep in the same bed to have a good marriage. Um, I have Rue with me to do a self-care check-in. Hey, Rue. Hey, Kristen. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Um, I feel like my self-care has been pretty good. I actually, um, I'm. Ex- this is super nerdy, but I'm really excited about this. I joined a book club. Oh, yay. Like an in-person one? An in-person one, yes. With oh, some man. local women that I don't actually know that well. I mean, it was like one of those things where a, a woman that I know kind of from school and from Facebook, and she's like 
a mom that I'm like, oh, I I see you. Like, we, you know, we, we're vibing. We have a similar values, but I don't really know her at all. But she kind of threw out like, hey, I'm going to start a book club. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be in your book club. Um, and so I we've met once before and I met just a whole new group of smart women who live locally and had an intelligent conversation with them about a book. It was so fun. And just, I don't know, I used to be in a book club for years and years. And I do much better with my own personal reading when I'm in a book club. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I finish books that I wouldn't have otherwise finished. Um, and I just, I love that kind of mental stimulation and being around specifically other women talking about things that are bigger than our kids or our day-to-day, you know, like talking about philosophy and big issues and race. And so I don't know. I'm I'm feeling good about it. That that is great. And I think one thing that's I don't know, I always I always liken um making like mom friends to dating. Yes. You know, because you're kind of like, oh, this mom seems cool and we've talked to each other at pickup a few times. Uh-huh. Do you think it's weird if I ask her for her number? You know, it just totally. becomes this. Because you want to be friends and I still I, – I love having – I love having local friends and I think that's sometimes really difficult, especially yeah. when you're like you and me and a lot of our work has been on the internet and some of your best friends live across the country. And, yep. um, and, and then also for us, like we, you know, because of our exit from this particular church we are part of and you lose community and you move towns and you just want, like, it's wonderful to have friends all over, but it's really nice to be able to just run down the street and hang out with someone for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great that you have a local a local book club. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that, just how difficult it is to make friends, you know, especially with other moms, because I actually wrote in my book about how I used a book club as a way to make friends, you know, 10 years ago, when we first had left our church and our friendships were kind of, you know, spreading apart. That is the way that I found some connection. So Anyway, listeners, if you are needing local connection, maybe start a book club. It's a really good way to kind of meet people on a casual basis. No, I love that. That's very cool. How's your self-care going? Um, We, as a family, we had dinner with another family for the first time in so long. And it was impromptu and, you know – They've got three kids and, and, you know, two of them are the similar, are similar ages and, uh, they're local and we don't know them very well, but we had, we had dinner at their house because we could based on, you know, everyone's, uh, (laughs) COVID status. And, um, and it was so nice. I, to find another family to hang out with where like the kids get along and the parents, Oh, like, get along again, too. It's like dating, but harder when there's right. all those people involved. Because do you have like do you have do your kids have friends whose parents you do not want to spend like even one solitary minute with? Um, yes, and you know it's interesting now that they're in high school. They also have friends that I just don't know their parents at all. You know, it's right, like there's no right. more when they're older and they can get themselves around. You don't really have to meet other parents to arrange playdates and rides and stuff. Like, so my, you know, my kids who are in high school, I don't, I don't know their, their friends' parents at all. Not at all. Is that weird for you? I don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it. And it's interesting because... They all know me because, you know, we have a pool, (laughs) like we're, you know, we're a house that kids come to. So I know them. But yeah, I don't know their parents. It is weird. I don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for us, it was it's it's nice to I mean, especially if you look at the past five years in this country, um, things have been a little bit volatile, you know, like at Thanksgiving dinners for people. Right. So it's been neat. It's always neat to find a family where the kids get along and there's some, you know, there's some good, good things in common and similar values and that sort of thing. So it was really lovely to, to spend, 
you know, a Sunday evening at someone else's house eating and just, you know, watching kids play. That was really, it was really, really nice. That's really nice. I know. I similarly, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I, I got away with some friends just for one night at a hotel and it just, there's just nothing like in person, you know, there really isn't. Yeah. And I actually think um, one of my really close friends lives far away, but because of the way that she used to travel and I would travel, we would still see each other a couple times a year. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that's the same with you. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I would see you twice a year and not being able to see each other is yeah. kind of, it's like, oh, it's a bummer. Yeah, it is. I mean, the last time I saw you was you were in the city like New a York. year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That was over a year ago. It was right before yes. COVID. Yeah. Was it? Yes. It was, it was, it was like you went home and then lockdown. We went home and lockdown. Because it was the week of like the March, March 13th. It That's was. Right. And we were all worried we had COVID because we'd been in New York. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. And yeah. And actually, I did get tested for COVID and it took three and a half weeks for results to come back. Isn't so that it's crazy? like, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New and you know, how things have changed. So. How things have changed. I know. What's on your two thumbs up for the week? Okay, well one's a TV show, you know. Um I am watching Mayor of Easttown. Have you seen that one? I have not. Is it about a horse? It is not. It's a really I actually hate the name of the show. It's a terrible name. It's about a woman named Mare who lives in a town called Easttown. It's the worst name ever. But it's a crime drama. Um it's with Kate Winslet. And she plays a detective and it's, you know, girls have gone missing. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a heavy show, but it's it's very interesting. It's very character driven. driven. The acting is incredible. Um, the, the sustained mystery is really good. I would compare it to like Broadchurch. Um, oh, okay. Where it's really keeping you interested and they're not taking any cheap shots. Um, but yeah, I've... I've really liked it, um, Mayor of Easttown. I would say that um, it's just a trigger warning if you have um, dealt with suicide in your life and don't want to watch shows with that topic, I would say steer away. Um, and mm. also child sexual abuse. Those are topics in the show. Um, but it is a very interesting and a very compelling show. So I'm we're, we're my boyfriend and I are enjoying that one quite a bit. We're addicted. I really – I really liked Broadchurch. Um, I did too. That was one that I I, re- I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really smart. And then I hated season two, but I really liked it. You know, I, I like season one. I did not love season two. I think it should have just been a one season show. Yeah. 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 I think that's true of a lot of shows. But this is similar or, to Broadchurch as well, where it's just a strong female lead who's a mom, who's a working mom, you know? Which um, I like. and is, it, is it a British show or? No. Mm-mm. Oh. No. It's American. Uh, all right, maybe I will check it out, and if I'm not uh, horrified or sad after, I'll I'll keep going with it. Yes. I'm I'm so bad at sticking with series because I'm just like, oh, this is bumming me out. So what well, I'll do, yeah. and this is this is apparently the biggest crime, but if I'm getting into a show that you know there's multiple seasons, and I decide I don't like a storyline in a show, so for example, when Scandal was really big, there was one storyline that I didn't like, so I just skipped all those episodes and I read the plot summaries on Wikipedia until that <laughs> plot line was over and then I would jump back in again. I'm like, I don't like this part. That's I don't really like this funny. part. So. Yes, I have so, done that with um, shows as well. Yeah, it's it's like the equivalent of skipping chapters or mm-hmm. not finishing a book, I guess. Cliff notes, using cliff notes. Right. You got to do what you got to do. Um, and then my other two thumbs up is it's, it was actually something that Sarah – um, Sarah James recommended on her Instagram feed, and it's a nail polish. Um, it's from a brand called London Town, and it's called Illuminating Nail Concealer. And she described it as the perfect milky, and that's exactly what it is. Like, mm. I really like to have just the barest amount of milky, pinky white on my fingers, if that makes sense. I don't want it. And it's a delicate balance when you're painting your nails because if you, you know, a lot of nail polishes will look like a pale pink, but then they're like an opaque pale pink. Mm, mm -hmm. This is really translucent, but it covers the nail really nicely and it feels really strong and I can just put one coat on and it just makes my nails look polished, you know, like, like they're painted 
But then when it starts to wear down, you don't notice chips or anything. Does that make sense? Right. Because it's not like a – right. Because it's a little bit translucent yes. and kind of close to your nail color. So I feel like it's a good one where you can just like throw it on and wear it down and, you know, it's – no one's going to notice if, if um, the color starts wearing off. That's great. It is a really pretty color um, online. I'm looking at it. It is. It's just like the barest a little bit of iridescence – um yeah i like it what do you have nice um i have one is an app that you have to purchase which i kind of like because it's just it's one of the apps that is still around where you only have to purchase it once and it's not another Uh damn subscription Uh but it is called Waterminder, and i am very bad at staying hydrated so i and I, you, you, you essentially like click a button and it reminds me, you know, hey, it's time to drink a glass of water. And I don't drink I, – I'm, I'm a sipper. So I put in – you can like customize. So I did, okay, this will be a six-ounce one. And it estimates how much you need and I apparently need 71 ounces of water a day. Mm-hmm. And tracking it and then there's like a little, a little person that kind of like fills up with water as you drink. <laughs> and um, it is – it has been – it's been a nice way to track because I feel like I need that reminder. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, I have a headache. I wonder why. Well, maybe because you've only had coffee all day. Totally. You know? That's a good one. Um, and my other back? one, my other one is slightly nerdy, but it will appeal to you because you are very organized. It is a sock drawer organizer. I'm in. I'm in. And I'm going to give you all of the caveats. So first of all, it comes in a two pack, okay. and it's it's square and. It comes with these little mesh cells. So you kind of just – you take one pair of socks yes. and you just tuck it in. And then like it's – they're sock holders and there's one for each. And I – my sock drawer looks so pretty because everything is all lined up. But then you can also use it for, I don't know, ties or scarves or underwear. Oh, these little cubbies. Um, yeah, you could use these for a lot. I wonder if bras would fit in them. Probably no, not. bras wouldn't fit in these. I think they have – bra ones also but i was saying like it's it's if you're you have to get a certain size if you're an a to a c cup and then like d and up with another size anyway um the only here's the caveat and i don't necessarily know what this means except for maybe it was made maybe it was made in a factory with a lot of chemicals because when you first open the box the smell is horrific yeah so you know what sometimes you pay the piper and the piper it, it smells. So I just um, just stuck them out on the front porch for a couple hours, and then it was fine. And then I put all my socks away, and I feel very organized, or at least slightly more organized. So I like it so far. I'm getting it for the girls, too, because they still – like their underwear still kind of rolls up in those cute little – they need it. They need it because their drawers are a mess. So anyway, and they're cheap. It's two for $9 or something like that. Yeah, totally. Ooh, I I need this. Weirdly, I'm very organized in certain lanes, but my underwear and sock drawers, I just throw everything in. Well, you know what it is too. It's like there's underwear. I mean, there are there's underwear for different occasions, right? There's underwear if you're wearing something like if you're wearing a tight dress, and mm-hmm. there's underwear for when you have your period and there's like i have underwear that i want to wear when i'm sleeping like specific bedtime underwear so so i i feel like it all gets it all gets piled up oh and i have workout underwear too so it's you do i do i have one pair of underwear well i mean multiples of one pair of underwear that i wear for everything always i i just only have one style of underwear and then i have one sock that I wear for everything. <laughs> everything? Like a uniform. Yeah. Uh-huh. I Well, I have athletic socks, and then I have boot socks. And then if I feel want to feel like a cool, like a cool Gen Zer, even though I'm almost 40, I do the, the white scrunchy, like the white tube socks where you scrunch down over white sneakers. Oh, I'm too uh, old to do that. I'm, I did uh, that before, so I'm too old to repeat it. <laughs> I'm I am I'm repeating it and I should feel ashamed but I'm not there yet. <laughs> and then underwear, yeah, it's a uh, you know um, if it's a dress and you have to wear a specific like I don't know like control top under- I have control top underwear, I have cheeky underwear, I have workout underwear, I have like really comfy you know 
period underwear. I've I've got all the underwear too. I have Amazon <laughs> basic bikini in black. That's mm. all. That's all I've got. Just that. But I love them. I because they're just they work for everything. They don't ride up. They if you get your period, it's black. It doesn't matter. Mm. Although let me tell you a story one time. Um, I was going to the beach and I was wearing my underwear and I had taken my, um, my bikini bottoms because I thought I might get wet. And so I thought, and I I think I had ridden my bike. And so I was like, well, I don't want the chafing of a bikini bottom. Right. So like I'll wear my underwear and then I'll just throw my bikini bottoms on when I get there. So I get to the Mm. beach and I forget And I lay out and I'm just like chilling at the beach. And then suddenly I look down and I realized that I was wearing my underwear. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, it's a very different. But to that underwear's credit, I don't think anyone would have noticed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like like a black bikini bottom. I feel like really compelled to tell you a story right now but i feel i feel like it's tmi so i'm going to tell you and then later if we have a change of heart then we'll just cut it we'll just cut it and not put it in the podcast so okay i sometimes have to do voiceovers for various projects and when i do them i'm usually at home by myself with my mic and it's quiet and nobody can see me and i can take as many takes as i want and then i send it over uh, four days ago, I had to do a voiceover in a fancy voiceover booth, mm-hmm. you know, where they need mm-hmm. they needed they needed some audio, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And my period had just ended, okay, and I am in this booth, and I have like the headphones on, and the producer decides that he's going to sit in the booth with me to direct me. Uh-huh. And so as I say things, I'll go, okay, I want, I want that line again, but slower. And – or I need you to hit that consonant a little bit harder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. It it's is. It's terrifying. Because there's sound engineers and then there's a producer in the room. Yeah. So I start sweating. I'm just – I'm sweating. Totally. I'm super nervous. I'm on the spot. I'm not prepared. I'm reading these lines. I forget how words sound. And so <laughs> – I, I like begged for a bathroom bake and I ran to the bathroom and I swear to God, I started fear menstruating. <laughs> it was just, no. I like panic menstruated. I panic had my period. And um, it was kind of like when uh, Donald Trump accused Megyn Kelly of rage menstruating at yes. the debates. I, I, I feel like you fear menstruated. I fear menstruated. I feel like I fear menstruated. And oh. I, I just, it was like, I'm laughing about it. Cause I'm like, this is so absurd. Like, I'm just so sweaty right now. I was wearing like this cute blazer and I had my hair down. And then, uh, by the end of it, I was, I had, was barefoot in my tank top, hair in a ponytail because I was just sweating and I was so nervous. Anyway, um, I don't know. We can say fear <laughs> menstruating on the podcast, right? <laughs> I think that that I think that's a safe topic. I think we can leave that one in. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night thinking about this, but yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, we are going to be chatting with Janice Litvin. We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift, and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. 
Night Shift is their dermatologist formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white pastel neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. And now a quick sponsor break. Most of us could use more energy in our day, but caffeine can only do so much. And some of us like myself don't even do caffeine. At some point, we have to look at the root causes of our fatigue. It turns out there are two main factors in low energy. Those are chronic stress and a lack of nutrition. Stress and nutritional deficits can lead to low energy, bad mood, and all kinds of long-term issues. Organifi creates delicious superfood blends that address both of these problems. They use adaptogenic herbs to help balance cortisol levels associated with stress and make it easier to add more nutrients into your day. You simply add a scoop into water or a plant-based milk of your choice, and you can have a natural boost any time of the day. It's full of carefully picked adaptogens, fruits, vegetables, medicinal mushrooms, and more. Now this word adaptogens, you might be wondering what that means. These are herbs and mushrooms that literally help you adapt to the stress in your life. They balance hormones, they promote a state of calmness, and help you get back to that baseline faster than usual. Organifi specializes in creating delicious superfood blends powered by these. If you're looking for an easy way to support your amazing body, I highly recommend trying Organifi. You can check out the products in the Organifi shop at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-N-I-F i.com. Go to Organifi.com and use the code SELFIE for 15% off any item in the store. Again, code SELFIE at Organifi.com for 15% off anything in the store. Well, today's sponsor is a longtime favorite brand of mine. Thrive Cosmetics is a clean beauty brand with skin-loving ingredients that not only highlight your best features, they actually improve your skin over time. Their clinically proven formulas are made without parabens, sulfates, and phthalates, and they're never tested on animals. In fact, they're Leaping Bunny and PETA certified and 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Thrive Cosmetics has a great mission that's really bigger than beauty. For every product purchase, Thrive donates to help women thrive. Some of their causes include helping women emerge from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, and fighting cancer. 
We know the selfie community is big on female empowerment and community care, which is why this company felt like such a great fit. In addition to their great mission, let's talk about their products. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extension Mascara for a while now. It's their bestseller, and it's the winner of Allure's Best of Beauty Award. It makes your lashes look so long without feeling flaky or clumpy. I'm big on clean products for my eyes, and I also love their Brilliant Eye Brightener, which is a cream to powder highlighter. I like to use their Muna Shade to give myself an instant smoky eye, and I get asked about it all the time. They also have lighter shades that brighten your eyes and make you look better rested. And I'm also a fan of their Intensive Lip Balm with SPF 24. I particularly love the Fresh Mint flavor. We love everything about Thrive Cosmetics, from the quality of their makeup, to the clean formulations, to their bigger-than-beauty mission in helping others. We think you'll love them, too. You can visit thrivecosmetics.com selfie for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get from us. That's Thrive, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash selfie for 15% off your first order. If you didn't catch that, you can find the link in our Facebook community, on Instagram, or in our show notes. Well, I'm thrilled to be talking with Janice Litvin today. She is an expert on burnout. She is the author of the new book, Banish Burnout Toolkit. Janice, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Well, one of the things that you talk about when you speak and in your book is the dynamic of stress response patterns. And we talk about stress a lot on this podcast. It's all about self-care. Many of us have a lot of different stressors. Talk to me about understanding our stress response patterns. Uh, Yes, that's a great question. So in general, there are two typical stress patterns, and they're pretty obvious when you think about them. The first is exaggeration and the sec or overreacting. And the second is overgeneralization. So an mm. overreaction might be, oh my gosh, I've been hit by a car. And you know, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have a reaction. The problem comes when people get so overreactive that they can't think straight. Yes. So kind of like catastrophizing. Exactly. Histrionics. Yes. Yes. I'm really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) We all were. Well, if you think about it, if you think about it, Kristen, it's a childlike reaction. Yeah. And hopefully when children grow up, their parents have role modeled Mm -hmm. more rational behavior, but many have not. Yep. And so that's where the problem comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what's the second one that you mentioned? The second one is overgeneralizing. For example, you're always late to pick me up or you're Mm. always late to meet me for dinner. Well, are you always late to meet that person for dinner or are you just very upset because you're hungry and you're tired and it's cold outside and you're standing in front of a restaurant waiting and you really wish you could go in, but the other person's not responding to email or text or phone call And so you're getting irritated, very, very irritated. Mm -hmm. And then when the person finally arrives, you're always late. Well, maybe the person's not really always late. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of related to the overreact, overreaction. And it feels like that in the moment, but it's really, we're, we're just, again, kind of maximizing, overgeneralizing, overgeneralizing, making it big. Yes. Let me give you an example of this for the workplace. Um, And this is an example from my own life and many, many people in my workshops tell me they relate to this. The boss sends you a text and says, we need to meet tomorrow, nine o'clock, whether whether it's on Zoom or or in person. And so instantly I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done now? It's, this is going to be negative. Yes. Well, it might be negative. Uh It might not be negative. Where did that pattern in your mind come from? In my case, I had a boss And every time he wanted to see me, it was indeed something negative. And I had to think about this and I carried it forward. In reality, the person might really just want to offer you a plum assignment and maybe they're really a wonderful boss Mm -hmm. and you've catastrophized the situation based on a prior experience. Absolutely. Yes, I have done that many times. So how do we start to kind of unpack these stress response patterns? Because for many of us, it's a well-worn groove. You know, how do we forge a new path for ourselves? 
Uh, yes, I'm glad you asked me. In my book, Banish Burnout Toolkit, I give a lot of exercises. So when something happens, what we want to do is try to move the reaction from the amygdala or the fear center of the brain mm -hmm. to, the pre to the prefrontal cortex, the executive functioning part of the brain. The best way to do that, to get started doing that, is to work what I call my stress audit. That's mm. in tool number one of the workbook. So when something happens, and it's always something, could be an argument in a meeting at work, mm -hmm. or it could be someone rear-ended you on the street. And so what helps is to really analyze with a fine-tooth comb what happened. And by the way, when you write with pen and paper, it initiates a part of the brain that doesn't get initiated when you type with a device. But that's interesting. An, that's an aside. <clears throat> so when you write down what happened, how you reacted physically, sometimes our body is the only mm -hmm. indicator that we're upset. Because in a business meeting, hopefully you're not going to yell and yell back and react in a situation. But after the meeting, if you pay attention, your body might still have knots in the stomach, stiff neck, clenched jaw, sweaty palms. Some, some people tell me they get rashes, headaches, etc. So mm -hmm. what, how you reacted physically, verbally, emotionally, and how extreme were your reactions and to take it all the way, what potential addictive behavior you might've engaged in? Because as you know, oh. some people overeat, some drink, some smoke, some stay in bed, some spend too much money. You know, there's all those behaviors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what do we do when we notice that our stress response involves, you know, whether it's addictive behaviors or unhealthy patterns, how do we move out of those as a part of our stress response? Right. So the next piece is to, there's two or three things you do. Number one, you, you learn to stop yourself in the middle of an overreaction and stop stands for stop, take a breath, observe and proceed. And that comes from John Kabat-Zinn, the father of modern day mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I've actually learned to use that in my own life, that when I'm in a stress reaction, whether it's self-made or coming from another person, I've learned, and it's not perfect. It's a process. It's a growing process. I've learned to catch myself in the act of overreacting and say to myself, does this situation really warrant this degree of anxiety and anger? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Is it really important that I can't find the right gift card at the grocery store because I'm on my way to a party and I'm late? Or, I mean, if nobody is in the, is in the hospital, mm -hmm. then this situation is not that big a deal. It's a matter of keeping perspective. Yes. The other half is about learning how to reality spin. So going back to the example of you're always late. Catching yourself and saying, well, was he always late or was it I was just irritated this one time because I was tired and hungry and mm -hmm. putting a pen to paper gets you really into deeper, deeper things. I'll give you another example. I had a cold one day and a friend came over and she said, oh, maybe you've got allergies. And I, I blew up and I'm like, I don't have allergies. I have a cold. I don't get allergies. And Later on that day, I thought, wow, I kind of was mean to her. Why did I overreact like that? Especially somebody who wrote the book. I should know better, right? <laughs> sure. So, so I actually <laughs> followed my own advice and got out my pen and paper. And I realized that 20 years ago when my father was on his last legs, I was sick. And I really, really wanted to get on an airplane and go to Houston and be with my father. So I went to the doctor to try to get an antibiotic. And she said, well, you have allergies. You, there's nothing an antibiotic is going to do for you. And I got so irritated with this doctor. And I said, listen, I'm sick. I want to go home. My father is on his deathbed. Please give me an antibiotic. And she did finally succumb. But I hadn't realized that I was carrying that experience with that doctor to this current day. So that's an example of how we mm. hang on to stuff from our past and how we unpack it by writing with a pen and paper. That's so interesting that you say that, you know, it it's kind of affecting us differently with pen and paper because I feel that intuitively. So it's interesting to hear that confirmed. Oh, wow. Well, there's a book called The Artist's Way. Mm -hmm. And at this very moment, the, art, the author's name is escaping me. 
but it's it's all about writing. She has you writing every single morning and she calls it morning pages. And she says, commit to three pages because if you say, I've got to write every day for an hour, that's too big. But if you say, I want to write for three pages, you know that's doable and it will only take mm-hmm. a few minutes. Quite often, once we start writing, we write for longer. Oh, her name is uh, Julia C- Cameron. Now, speaking of morning, you talk about holding a morning perspective meeting with yourself yes, as a self-care exercise. Tell us yes. about that. Well, that's related to the writing. Mm-hmm. For, me, for me, it might be sitting outside with my coffee with a pen and paper. It might be going for a walk, but somewhere where your mind can be clear. And by the way, there's very many, there's much research that supports the idea of spending time outdoors. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a double whammy. If you can go outside and do your morning perspective, then you can uh, get the, the beautiful value of being in the sun. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel that intuitively to be true as well. I always feel better when I've been outside. The other thing, yes, of course. And the other thing about your morning perspective meeting is you can take a look at your calendar and prepare yourself for what's to come so that you're not chasing your tail, trying to keep up with your day. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Talk to me about burnout in general. Cause I know, you know, you are an expert on this topic. How are you seeing burnout specifically affecting women? Oh my gosh. Well, the pandemic is such a perfect example. Yeah. And in particular, there were several reports and articles written about women who were working from home, managing their children's schoolwork from home and dogs and cats and dinner and lunch and (laughs) and all these things that had to be done. And so women were stopping their work in the middle of the day to go help the children get logged on to their Zoom meeting or whatever they had to do. And you can imagine a six-year-old trying to get set with their Zoom meeting every day. Disaster. A six, seven, eight-year-old. And then making sure that they can pay attention and that the teacher, everybody, like like what happened with us today, make sure everyone can hear each other mm-hmm. and the child has the right book in front of them and all that. And then after that, the child's got to get, maybe the, if they're really young, they need help with their homework. So many women were starting to go back to work at 7 p.m. because a lot of their daytime hours were spent supporting yeah. their children. And then they're working till 10 p.m. or midnight and they were getting really, really burned out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're describing, that was me. That was happening to me. Um, How do you think going forward, you know, because the pandemic was so stressful, but also a pause in a way, how do we avoid burnout going forward as we sort of re-enter post-pandemic life? Well, in addition to all the other tools I've already described, one really important one is setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. So for example, if you know Fridays are not your best day, don't schedule meetings on Fridays. Yeah. Now I know if you work for a boss that always, that comes in only on Fridays, then you're going to have to do the best you can drink your coffee, go for a walk, drink some water, you know, and just do the best you can. But in general, if you're a manager, you can have a no Friday policy on your door mm-hmm. and say to people, I'm in the office or wherever you are, but I have to get my budgets done or whatever it is you have to get done. Do not come to me unless it's an emergency, but from Monday through Thursday, you can have all of me, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's whatever those boundaries are. Or for example, don't schedule a million zoom meetings back to back every day. <laughs> and Consider making them 55 minutes or 50 minutes so you can decompress between each meeting. The other thing you can do with meetings is say, do I need to be in the whole meeting or do you just need me to give a report so I could come in and like at 1115, stay 15 minutes and then leave and get my other work done? Because as you know, all these Zoom meetings prevent you from getting all your other work done. They do. Yeah, they sure do. And one thing for, that's worked for me is blocking off my time as best I can and trying to have two hour or four hour blocks of time devoted to getting my work done. Then I can take my laptop outside. Mm-hmm. And if I'm trying to write a blog post or write a proposal, then I can get it done so much easier if I don't have any interruptions, obviously. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to do that more and more too, sort of blocking my schedule, you know, batch working, um, you know, doing the high attentive tasks at one time. And then, you know, so that I'm not shifting my brain from, from side to side with different, yeah, with different. um, Another piece of advice I heard recently was most people are relatively fresh in the morning compared to the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. don't spend all morning on your email and your social media, only deal with the really urgent emails. So true. Do do your creative genius work in the morning, your writing, your problem solving, your budgeting, whatever it is, your work is architecture, accounting, law, law, finance, whatever it is, do your creative work first thing in the morning then go deep with all those extra emails later in the day mm-hmm. because you don't need a lot of creative energy to answer every darn email. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Another thing I've started doing uh, recently is I unsub- started unsubscribing. I am subscribed to so many different groups and I try to spread them out over all my emails, but it was just getting out of hand. So yeah. on Saturday, I spent an hour unsubscribing to all these extra groups that send me emails. Brilliant. Yes. That's such a good practice. I've been trying to do that as well. Well, this has been incredibly helpful. I know that your book is just chock full of good advice and worksheets and just practical steps for pulling ourselves out of burnout and stress. Um, We will link up to that in our show notes, but tell us where people can find you online. Uh, Thank you. They can find me at JaniceLitvin.com. And for all your listeners... I would like to give them a free chapter of my book. Oh, and they awesome. Can, thank you. They can get that at JaniceLitvin.com slash book. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Janice. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Kristen. All right. Well, it is time to chat with BJ, our resident therapist. And we had a very interesting question thrown to us in the selfie Facebook community. And it's, it's funny because I suffer from insomnia. I'm in a lot of insomnia, Facebook groups, support groups. (laughs) And this question is asked in there quite a bit. And it's this, I'd love to know more about couples who cannot sleep in the same bed together. I love my partner, but I have such issues around sleep that I cannot fall asleep with him in the bed with me. And, you know, I've heard this from couples where one person snores or one person has to wear a sleep apnea machine or one person has insomnia. So what are your thoughts on couples who struggle to sleep in the same bed? Well, I'm married to a snorer (laughs) and I'm going to give an announcement for (laughs) Zipa. which is the <laughs> snore device he has has been using for years. And it's he can still have breakthrough snoring, but it's it's softer. And if I don't wake up, then I'm good. If I wake up and he's doing that, then I'm in trouble. But I'm telling you, we have we have battled this for a long, long time. And I have had my experiences where I slept in another room or slept on the sofa, um, or he did, because it was just too disruptive to my sleep. And um, And I just think, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be careful about judging our own relationships based on where we sleep. I think especially the pandemic has been a a really good opportunity for us to see the importance of self-care and um, being able to, to kind of navigate through these conversations in a way that, I mean, I think would be interesting and maybe you should speak into this because um, you, you know, having gone through a divorce and having a boyfriend and having his kids, him and his kids living in the back house and you and your kids in the front house, you guys have probably had to navigate some of this yourself. And, um, I know, you know, I'd be interested to know if this person's question was more about feeling bad, being judged, or does her husband struggle with her leaving the bed? Does he personalize that? Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of different dynamics to this that I think we can talk about. Yeah. And I think that there is just a general stigma around couples who sleep in separate beds because I think, you know, I mean, I can even remember a a couple friend and friends saying like, well, they're not even sleeping in the same bed. Yes. Um, Because that, that can be. Mm-hmm. you know, a, a death knell. Um, it, it can be, I mean, I went through a divorce, we started sleeping in separate beds. And mm-hmm. so there is a stigma that like, this is the beginning of a separation. This is where it starts. Right. Like, oh, it's right. starting. 
But that's not necessarily true. If you decide to sleep in separate beds consciously, you know, as a mindful thing, that that's very different than a couple who are sleeping in separate beds because they're not getting along. And there doesn't need to be a stigma. There doesn't need to be Mm-mm. an assumption that this is, you know, a death knell for the marriage. Um, because many, many, let me tell you, <laughs> from the insomnia community, yes. many healthy couples sleep in different beds. Mm. Um, There's nothing wrong with it. There are couples that have been married for 50 some years that sleep in separate beds for various reasons. Um, The key here is figuring out how you have those intimate moments that that happen in a bed. And I don't mean just sex, but I mean that too, you know, Mm -hmm. but the talking, the conversations, um, and obviously the sex, how do you make sure that those happen outside of when you fall asleep at night. And it's just there's, you know, you have to be intentional, you have to decide, okay, we're going to have our sexy times at a different time of the day, or we're going to cuddle in one bed, and then the other person goes to bed in the other room. Um, There's lots of ways to still be intimate and to still have a good relationship where you fall asleep at night is not an indicator of your marriage. That's it. And I think that's the conversation that might need to be had if there is a partnership in which one person is feeling abandoned mm-hmm. by the other leaving the bed. And this is just a matter of having this conversation yeah, and being able to say, hey, this is what might be best for us. It mm-hmm. actually might enhance our um, relationship by knowing that we're getting good sleep. I, honestly, I would probably, we would probably sleep in, in separate beds if it weren't for the fact that David is just unfazed by, he wakes up multiple times at night and goes right back to sleep. Mm -hmm. I can't guarantee I'm going back to sleep if I wake up. So it's kind of a whole different dynamic. And is if I am struggling with insomnia, then I can kind of do whatever I need to do and it doesn't affect him in the same bed. But Mm -hmm. if it did, I would sleep in another bed so Mm -hmm. that we weren't affecting each other because one of us needs to sleep. Absolutely. So I think it's, I really do think it's as much about the relationship and your ability to communicate these things and, um, and let go of any ideas that you have. You know, I, when you said that, oh, they're not even sleeping in the same bed that I remember hearing that so many times in certain environments mm-hmm. where people tended to be more judgmental of other people's marriages. And there were certain ideas about yeah. that, that, yeah, I think that is a a pretty culturally held belief for a lot of people. Yeah. So I just think it's important that couples be able to move against that and decide what's best for them Mm -hmm. because there is literally nothing more beneficial to our health than, than good sleep. Absolutely. You know, it, it's one of the top chosen methods of torture, sleep deprivation for Uh a reason. Uh It really is. Uh Uh-huh. Because it is one of the most debilitating things in the world. Yes. Whatever you need to do for both of you to rest as much as possible, if it means sleeping in separate beds, go for it. Agreed. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care.